comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cashbull. So this is the podcast by Catholic Lisbon Investment Partners, or CLIP for short. For short, my name is Afonso Murta. I'm the head of portfolio management at CLIP, and I'll be uh, your host for today. Uh, with me, I have Antonio Miguel. Uh, he's the managing partner at Maze, uh, which is an impact investing accelerator and advisory company. So. Good morning, Antonio. Welcome, and thank you very much for accepting our, our invitation. Thank you, Alphonse. Great to be here. Awesome. Uh, so to give some context to our, our listeners, I invited Antonio because uh, I attended his masterclass last year on impact investment at Catolica. Um, it was super interesting. I learned a lot, and so that's why I asked uh, Antonio to come here and share this knowledge and insight with our listeners. So, Antonio, to kick off, I'd ask you to tell us maybe a bit about yourself, so quickly about your background, what you do, how you got there. Sure. So, um, I studied uh, business and economics, and I actually did my master's at Catolica back in 2008. It was the first master's, um, master of science in, uh, in business administration that was fully taught in, in English. Um, and when I was... At Catholica, I did my exchange in uh, BI, Oslo, the business school. And I had a class on development studies with an amazing professor. And that got me very interested in all the topic around impact and how finance could play a role to deliver better social and environmental outcomes. That led me to spend um, some time in Kenya, working in microfinance. And when I came back to Portugal, I knew that I, I wanted to work in, in something related to sustainability and impact. So I joined a, a corporate social responsibility consulting firm, small boutique firm in Lisbon. Two years later, I joined uh, an impact investment bank in, in London called Social Finance, who has developed the first social impact one in the world, which I was very lucky to work on in Peterborough to reduce the reoffending rates of former prisoners. And then in 2013, I came back to Portugal and co-founded MACE, actually with Philippe Santos, who is now the Dean of, of Catolica, and with the Calusco Banking Foundation. And at MACE, we've been working for the past seven years to make sure that more and better capital and skills and technology and data are allocated into solving the most prominent social and environmental issues. And we do that through various ways. The accelerator is one, we have a fund, we do impact bonds and many other things with the team of 17 people. Uh, I, you already addressed a bit my, my next question, which was going to be uh, for our listeners to understand a bit better what, what it is, so impact investing. Uh, if you could explain what it what it means and why it's important, you already addressed a few things. So I don't know if you want, you can get a bit more specific or explaining some instruments, for example, impact bonds, or I don't, you have freedom to go. Impact investment is a, a, a concept that makes investment decisions based on 
how we want to solve social or environmental issues. So I, I typically say, you know, with traditional investment is a risk return equation, like the bigger the risk, the higher the return. Um, then you have some kind of ethical investment, responsible investment, where you have a negative filter and you say, I want to invest in industries that are harmful for society or the environment. And then you have impact investments, whereas the investment decision-making is towards solving problems by allocating capital efficiently. But it's investment because it is a concept that believes that there is no financial trade-off between the returns, financial returns, and the impact that is created. Now, of course, impact investment cannot be applied to all circumstances, but it's a growing asset class. I think it was worth half a trillion last year called the Global Impact Investment Network. And then within impact investment, you have all the different instruments that, that you've learned in your finance classes. You've got fixed income instruments, you've got public equities that are um, that have an impact mandate, you have um, impact venture capital, private equity with impact considerations. So in and of itself, impact becomes almost like uh, an horizontal tool that portfolio managers and asset managers can integrate in the way they allocate their capital. The interesting thing is that in the times that we live today, during and hopefully soon post pandemic, we're seeing that environmental, social, and governance portfolios were actually less volatile than other portfolios, were more resilient towards the pandemic, which showcases that it is increasingly what people want, what investors believe in, what consumers want, um, and what uh, companies are are going to be doing as part of their core business going forward. And that's very interesting that actually funds or impact uh, investments behave better in, in uncertain times. It's it's a question that is often asked, so it's it's important to to point out that they're more uh, resilient to to uncertainty, basically to volatility. Um, Next, maybe a question that you get many times uh, is, how do you measure impact? Is it difficult to be objective? It's a great question. And for many years, I was, I was a big fan of standards. And there were many tools like the social return on investment methodology, which tries to calculate what is the dollar or euro value of achieving some sort of social or environmental impact. I think the conversation is now much more productive because it's not about how you measure impact, it's about how you manage impact. And once you know what you're managing, it actually becomes much easier to measure. And in terms of standardization, it actually makes more sense to standardize how, you, how different players manage impact than to tell them how they measure because impact as a, a measure of success, just like you know, profit or risk has so many nuances, right? Like I might have a strategy to generate some sort of financial returns, but with more downside protection or with less risk or in the longer term. Why 
do we put so much pressure on impact to be a single factor variable that can fit each and every um, decision or portfolio? So in that sense, we've been more focused on impact management. And on impact management, we have certain guiding principles that we apply in everything we do. We always ask, what is the outcome, social or environmental, that is at stake? Who is benefiting or being harmed by that outcome? How much of that outcome is being achieved? What is the contribution of the investment or the project at stake? And what are the different risks involved? And then based on these questions, we classify impact around three strategies. Impact that is an A, so avoids harm. So it's almost like a negative filter, if you will. B, which benefits stakeholders, so it creates positive outcomes where they wouldn't be achieved otherwise, and C, which contributes to solutions. So when there is a systemic contribution to a solution. And this framework is basically the framework of the Impact Management Project, IMP for short, that is being used by thousands of practitioners around the world, from the World Bank to the IMF, to the United Nations, to the OECD, to the biggest pension funds in, in the world, to a lot of social enterprises. So many years after the first discussions around impact measurement, we're now seeing some kind of aggregation and common understanding on how to manage it. Very, very cool. And, and you already addressed as well a bit of my next question, uh, which was kind of how do you define a successful investment? So you give us actually a very nice uh, framework or a, a detailed explanation of that. But, but maybe I, I would ask you then if you could give us an example of, of a successful project that Maze carried out or maybe outside of Maze if before up to you. So. Yeah, I mean, um, more than, more than uh, what is a success, successful investment. I'd probably say, how have we been using different instruments to target specific problems? So let's take, for instance, the challenge of unemployment amongst young people. So when we look at unemployment, for instance, we have used impact bonds, and an impact bond is an instrument whereby a group of investors provides upfront funding for a specific project. And if that project achieves certain results, for instance, integration of people in the job market, those results will save money to the government and the government will use a proportion of those savings to pay back investors. So it's almost like a pay for success model. And it is very interesting because investors know that the more social impact they create, for instance, jobs amongst vulnerable young people, the better the financial performance will be for them. And so, for instance, on youth unemployment, we've supported two projects, one in Porto and one in Fundão, inland uh, center of Portugal, um, where we've used two different models. One is a coaching and mentoring model for vulnerable young people who have been mostly the first ones in their family to reach a university degree that have employability skills, but lack the soft skills to enter the job market. The second project 
is a 14-week computer programming bootcamp that is teaching young people who are unemployed on how to code so that they enter the job market. And because we are talking about more at-risk populations there and interventions that are a bit longer in time, we've actually used the impact bond model to fund it. Then in the fund, we have a venture capital fund. Um, then in the fund, um, we have funded a company called Student Finance. And what they do is they provide student loans with better terms than other incumbents like banks, so that people that need to reskill or upskill could fund their education programs. So in that sense, we are targeting how is employability funded through an equity investment through our venture capital fund. And then in the accelerator, we have worked with different models, for instance, a company called Chatterbox that brings migrants and refugees to teach foreign languages in which they are experts to people that need technical language courses in those languages. So for instance, a banker at BNP Paribas who is based in Lisbon, who is helpful that she or he knows French. She, through Chatterbox, she can learn French from a migrant or a refugee from a country in which French was the main uh, speaking language. And that person was also working in banking. And in that sense, that company really didn't need equity or an impact bond or whatsoever. What they wanted was clients. So we helped them through the acceleration. And I think looking at how you can address one problem from different instruments has been a view and a perspective that we've been having. I mean, together, of course, with the Kalusku Bank and Foundation, who was the, the main entity behind our creation and whose focus is to solve social problems. Thank you. Um... It's quite interesting to to point out the the benefits that it brings to to invest in such projects. You gave the example of benefits for the government, which then is able to pay out investors. So it's important to to be aware of this um, that this brings for future benefits for 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 the economy for for countries. So it's. Um, I would, I would ask you, maybe it's a bit of a vague question, uh, but what, what are the main difficulties that you face in your job at Mainz? Well, I would say it's the struggles that you know, any young company feels. I mean, we're still trying to prove that what we do is needed at scale. There's macro trends pointing in that direction, but you know, uh, decision-making and capital always takes a bit of time to, to follow those trends. So say the main challenges is being a Lisbon-based company, trying to operate in a competitive European environment is a challenge um, and accessing the right pools of capital is, is a challenge. Um, but the biggest challenge is really all the work that we need to do with the government. Because in Europe, government is the main impact investor. 
And government is the main impact investor because we mostly live in welfare systems. So all the services that are provided to the most vulnerable situations are often paid by the government. And whilst private initiative and private capital are fundamental, and we've worked a lot on that, on that front, it will always be as a complement to what the public sector does. And when I talk about the public sector, I'm not talking about subsidies. I'm talking about the way through which government funds outcomes should dramatically change. We shouldn't be, for instance, paying through taxpayers' money. We shouldn't be paying for each homeless person that is supported. We should be paying for each homeless person that as a result of receiving support, then enters into a shelter or into accommodation. We shouldn't really be paying for the number of people that are trained in a certain topic um, in order to get the job. We should only be paying for those that get the job. So the incentives for government should be focused on the results, not on the activities. And that is the biggest challenge we face because governments are doing the most they can during very challenging times, but are not in effect prepared and structured to innovate. And when innovation doesn't happen, um, you know, we don't get to new answers to old problems and we certainly don't get to answers to new problems. So that is the biggest challenge we have is how can we work better with the public sector because it's a very painful, slow um, and frustrating work, which has glimpses of a lot of hope when we manage to do some things. Thank you. Um, so next, uh, we're probably coming to the end a bit, but uh, a bit outside of maybe impact investing, I would ask you if you have any any tips for soon-to-be graduates, specifically for the, those interested in, in the area of finance. I think practice makes it perfect, right? Like, it doesn't matter, to be honest, um, and probably Philippe would, would not like me to say this. I mean, unless you want a very specific job, it is not going to be about your grade. It is not going to be about, you know, your performance in terms of what's on paper. It's going to be about how much practice have you had? How much practice are you willing to have? And then it's all about um, soft skills. And, and I know this sounds like a cliche, but, you know, very few things in finance are rocket science. You know, if you graduated from a finance course from Petolic or, or any other business school, you'll get there. It's not the technical ability that is difficult. It's the ability to be a good team player. It's the ability to be humble and stay very curious, intellectually curious to learn. It's the ability to be analytically rigor and not wanting to get things done just for the sake of getting them done but actually doing it so that you add value. It's, it's a matter of having emotional intelligence and supporting 
your colleagues. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's about being a good person. Our our main rule at, at Maze and the, the motto we live by is that your name is your currency and build a good name and you'll have a good currency. If you don't build a good name, you don't have a, a good currency. And that doesn't come only with the technical acumen. It comes with, you know, being a, an important part of, of society by contributing to things that matter more than just a few calculations or making a few euros more at the end of the year. Thank you. I think, I think that's a very good takeaway from the conversation. Uh, thanks for that. Um, and very shortly before we go, I'd like to ask you if you have uh, any reading recommendations maybe it can be related with impact investing or with finance in general or even not related with finance i i recently read shoe dog from phil knight it's the story of the founder of nike and i found it really really good because it actually talks about what i just said it is not about you know you being technically brilliant it's about grit and resilience and it's an amazing story of, of of how he built nike and i'm a big fan of there's this this guy in anderson horowitz uh, sorry uh, ben horowitz who with mark andreessen has the venture capital firm andreessen horowitz a16z and ben horowitz uh, has a book called the hard things about hard things and it's about the entrepreneurial journey of him selling his, his company. And it's a very raw descri uh, description of what building a company takes. So I think for everyone looking to build um, something from scratch is an amazing reading. So Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and The Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. So, Antonio, we're coming to the end of, of our podcast. Uh, I would like to thank you very much for taking the time to come here and talk to us. Uh, I think it was a very inst instructive talk, and I know I learned a lot in your masterclass last year. I hope this gave our, our listeners a, an idea of, of the topic, basically. Um, so once again, thank you very much for your time and my best wishes to you. Thank you, and I'm always available or everything you need. Thank you. To our listeners, so that was Cashbull by Catholica Lisbon Investment Partners. Thank you for listening to this week's edition and stay tuned for more awesome conversations. Until next time.